Oh, whoopsie doo, dull daily do. <laughs> what was that? Whatever. Um, but a doodle where am I? From Boogie Land Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, Nancy's Hands. Can I be philosophical for a minute? I'd like to talk about hands. This particular moment of musing about hands was brought to you by a picture on Facebook of my Aunt Nancy's hands. She was holding her new little grandchild who is sweet. Congratulations. It was a photo of the baby, but what struck me was Aunt Nancy's hands. I recognized them instantly as my grandma's hands, who, by the way, was one of the very best people God ever created. I could see those hands, always busy in the kitchen. I see them pitting cherries. They had a big cherry tree in their backyard, and she would make wonderful cherry pies. Funny, I don't ever remember picking cherries. It seems like something I would have done, that my uncles would have hoisted me up in the tree and have me pick away, but I don't remember doing that. I do remember Grandma's cherry-stained fingers. I remember those hands lovingly holding me as she comforted me for any number of reasons. I have a picture of her holding a jar and helping Aaron put a little lizard in there. Such a familiar scene, my grandma helping a little one explore or try something new. Those hands that lovingly held baby after baby. Grandma loved babies. The other way my Aunt Nancy's like my grandma is how selflessly she took care of my grandpa, who was 101 when he passed away. She also holds all the many strings of this ever-expanding family. She is the keeper of names. She knows what new baby has been added to the family or new spouse. She keeps track of the family, holding us loosely together. Something else I remember about all my aunts are their laughs. Not so much my uncles. All my uncles sound like my grandpa, but all of my aunts. I believe I would be able to distinguish them simply by their laughs. My Aunt Anne's laugh is this wonderful kind of husky giggle. My Aunt Linda's laugh has more of a little crinkle to it. My mom's laugh is more sing-songy. I love them all. I can't say how thankful I am to have grown up in this family. I mean, a strong memory of mine is the sound of my aunt's laughter. We all carry the gift of a little bit of our ancestors. Grandma and Aunt Nancy share the important things like her love of family and the way she cares for everyone around her. But my Aunt Nancy is loud and talkative, always with an opinion about everything. Grandma was soft-spoken, quietly going about caring for everyone. I think my mom is more like her in that way, but interestingly, I don't think she has my grandma's hands. I look at my hands and I see my mother's hands. I am a lot like my mother in many ways. I never felt like I looked like her. 
because people would tell me I looked like my mother until they saw my sister, Lisa, and she clearly looks more like my mom. Yet when I see photos of my Aunt Kathy and my Aunt Marge, my dad's sisters, I think, is that Lisa or Aunt Kathy? She looks so much like them. Aren't genetics interesting? I favor my mom's side of the family, the most like my grandma. I've been watching home movies a little bit lately, and my Aunt Anne's girls show up a few times on these videos, and I feel like Anne's youngest, Becca, looked a lot like me when I was a little girl. Becca's all grown up now and is stunningly beautiful, where I am simply uh, kind of cute. You often hear in a derogatory manner how women grow up to be like their mothers. But I'm okay with that. But it's not really that obvious sometimes because we all have a little bit of both parents in us. My mom's hands are piano-playing hands, hands that sew. She always kept her fingernails long, but never painted. I remember as a child holding her hands in church and feeling her long, strong nails, entertaining myself by playing with her hands. I am not a piano player, nor do I sew, but I play horn like my dad, and I have his eyes. Now my dad's hands hold a powerful image for me, strong yet smooth. What is it about hands? They hold such power. The simple act of holding hands. Hands can do such good, and yet they can do great harm. We communicate with our hands. Hands can create or destroy. They can comfort or inflict pain. They can heal or injure. We love those pictures of a little white hand and a little black hand held together in friendship. We shake hands in greeting. We wave hello or goodbye. What's one of the first things we teach a baby? Wave bye-bye or clap your hands. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. I felt like that simple Sunday school song was appropriate here. You are welcome. I feel like feet don't hold the same power as hands, right? Feet don't hold things at all. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. I never think about someone's loving feet. Sure, we can inherit feet, too. My girls all worry that they're going to get my dry, cracked feet. Apparently, bunions are genetic. Once at a doctor's appointment with Erin, as the doctor looked at the bunion on her foot, she asked to look at my feet. Erin's bunion is worse than mine, in case you were wondering. Feet are simply not lovely. Nobody wants to hold feet. I'm done talking about feet. I don't like feet. I mean, I'm happy I have feet. I just keep them in my shoes. Actually, I'd rather be barefoot. Enough about feet. Listen to me wax philosophically all because of a picture of my Aunt Nancy's hands. 
I replied to that picture, stating that those were Grandma's hands. She replied to me that she wished they were Grandma's hands because she loved babies so much. She really did. I mean, she had eight herself. You guys would like my Aunt Nancy. She would instantly show interest in you. You know who else you would like is my Uncle Pat. I was old enough to remember when Uncle Pat showed up on the scene right before he married my Aunt Nancy. I think I might have been eight or nine, maybe 11 or 12. I don't really remember that. Now, my mom has four brothers, and these were some very fun uncles, as uncles should be. They played hide-and-seek and and kick the can, capture the flag, and let's throw the little ones in the pool. We loved all these games. I can still picture some of the hiding places in my head. Remember, my mom is the oldest of eight kids, so a few of her brothers still lived at home when I was a youngster, providing us with our wonderful, fun uncles. But as time goes on, these uncles grew up went to college or got married or traveled Europe with a cool rock band. There seemed to be a flurry of weddings around the time I was 10 or 11 or 12, somewhere in those years. Uncle Wally married Debbie. I was not at that wedding, but I remember first meeting Debbie. I thought she was beautiful and nice. So I was okay that she married my super fun Uncle Wally. So Uncle Pat came at just the right time, as these uncles were not around as much. They continued to be fun, simply not as often. He provided another necessity in a family. He was a teller of bad jokes. All families need someone like that, and Uncle Pat filled that role beautifully. I'm not sure what we did before he came along. Maybe one of my great-uncles? I remember my great aunts and uncles, sort of. They were around now and then, enough for me to know who they were, but not enough for me to know if any of them told bad jokes or not. My girls don't really know their great aunts and uncles that well either. They know who they are, and they have heard my stories. They know Aunt Nancy and Uncle Pat, though, enough to know Uncle Pat is the one who tells corny jokes. My Uncle Dave was the teller of bad jokes on my dad's side of the family. Dave and Pat have a different style, but equally bad jokes. Now it has been confirmed that I was my Uncle Dave's favorite. My Uncle Pat will greet me with something like this. Hello, Wendy. If it weren't for Lisa and Jenny, you would be my favorite niece. Which, of course, I take to mean, hello, Wendy. You are my favorite niece. Although, let's be honest, we all know it's Jenny, everybody's favorite. My Uncle Pat's hands are often wrapped around a camera. If Aunt Nancy is the keeper of names, Uncle Pat is the taker of photos. Documenting weddings and family gatherings across the years. That Sunday school course has another verse about eyes. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I mean, eyes. That is a whole other story in itself, isn't it? But I'm not going to get into that. Well, that story was all over the place. 
If nothing else, I hope you learned a new Sunday school song. I'm going to chat with my Aunt Nancy and my Uncle Pat. He's sitting over there in the corner. So uh, I'm just really pleased to have them here to talk with on my podcast. So welcome, Aunt Nancy and Uncle Pat. Thank you. If you've been listening to my podcast, you will know that my mom is the oldest of eight children. So if, Nancy, you could just kind of tell us where you fit. Until I was 15, I was right in the very smack middle. There was three older and three younger. And then when I was 15, my mama had my baby sister, and that threw me right off. So now I am the fourth one down. So what was it like um, growing up as the middle child in that family? Uh, frustrating at times because I wanted to do what the big kids could do and I wasn't allowed to, and yet I was too old for the little kids' stuff. Okay. And they were mostly boys anyway. So Right. Where do you feel like you fit most of the time? Because the three older ones were the sisters, right? My mom and then Well, and Linda. my brother, older brother. Right. So I had two older sisters, and I didn't have another girl in the family until I was 15. Right. So And then she, and she became kind of my baby. Um, she used to call me Nancy Mama. Did she? Because I would put her to bed every night. My mom often talks about Uncle Tim as her baby. Yeah. So, you know, I think yeah. that's interesting. I remember Uncle Pat joining the family. I don't remember how old I was. I, I just remember him just here. Oh, a good, a new fun uncle. That's great. But I don't think I know the story about how you guys met. Oh, goodness. I always say that we met through the the Salvation Army dating ministry, even though they didn't have one, <laughs> because he dated a lot of other, well, I wouldn't say a lot. he dated other <laughs> girls in the church, but I was, I'm a little older than he is. Okay. And uh, I had, and my oldest daughter, Amy was born. Yeah. So I didn't think I had a chance with him, but I always kind of liked him. And then one day he said, would Amy like to go to the zoo? And I said, that'd be great. But he was dating another girl in that church. Oh. And, uh, even I when said, well, he asked if Amy wanted to go to the zoo. Yeah. Okay. And he said, I said, well, is it all right with your girlfriend? Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine with her. And then we went to the zoo and I thought, well, he just, just drop us off at home. But he stayed, visited, and that was the end of his other relationship. Said, all right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so, Uncle Pat, was that yes. just a way to get uh, to, to Nancy through Amy? Was that was that your plan? I think I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> The, the single mom and her daughter, but I really don't remember if I had any ulterior motives. That's fair. But once we went to the zoo, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, well, that's good. I love that story. How long after you met, did you get married? Well, we started dating August 7th. That's when we went to the zoo. And the next June, we were married. Okay. That works out good. When you know, you know. I went to Uncle Wally's wedding in November and I was supposed to wait to tell everybody we were engaged until New Year's, and I couldn't wait. So by the time we got home from that, I was telling everybody. <laughs> that seems fair. Why wait for some <laughs> great wait? news like that? That's yeah. good. Um, Uncle Pat, so I want to know what it was like when you joined this crazy family. Well, there was a lot of ping pong and pool tournaments, <laughs> not to mention uh, euchre matches. <laughs> I believe her dad might have said when he found out that we were dating that my track record wasn't very good. Oh, <laughs> uh, not that it affected anything, but uh, I just fit right in. It wasn't that big. It wasn't like it was a big learning curve. Uh, 
I fit right in. I guess he liked us all right. I guess so. Yeah. My dad and Nancy's dad had gone to high school together. Really? He, he was, her dad was a little bit younger than my dad, but they knew each other. They knew each other in high school. Her dad played football and I played football and my dad played baseball. It was, it was good. Okay. So I've been together almost 47 years. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, in my story, I talk about uh, like your starts out with your hands that I saw a picture of your hands and it looked like my grandma's hands, which was a super compliment. Grandma was wonderful. Wasn't she? Oh, um, amazing. I don't even let me, I'll, I'm already starting to tear up. Yeah. And we both stared that we love babies very much. That's true. Yes. I think probably you out of all of, all of my aunts and uncles seem to be the one who are drawn to little babies more than anything. Did, did you spend some time in, in hospitals that you would go and care for? Yeah. yeah. I used to sing lullabies to the babies in the NICU at the hospitals. Okay. And I would hold the, the NICU babies, which are the little tiny ones. Oh they yeah. So I, I had a much. NICU baby. <laughs> and the nurses would say, can you come home with me? <laughs> <laughs> would you sing lullabies to me too? Yeah. <laughs> My Aunt Nancy has a lovely voice. I won't make her sing. No, we won't. <laughs> that would be weird. Not as beautiful as my mama's voice. Oh, well, I think you have a beautiful voice. Who do you think you are more like, grandma or grandpa, your dad or your mom? Wendy, I have prayed for years that God would make me more like my mother. <laughs> but he said, no, you have to be more like your dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. So I wish I was more like my mother, but I'm much more like my dad. What do you mean by that? In what ways do you think you're like your dad? Now you got me crying, you know that. I'm sorry. I know we're just talking about your mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Well, that's all you have to talk about, Abby, crying. Um, I'm stubborn. Okay. I'm outspoken, as you already said in your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes speak before I think, which is more like my dad. Yeah. Much more judgmental. My mother was never judgmental, ever. Yeah. She would never, ever, ever say anything negative about anybody. And I wish I was more like that and I want to be, but I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. So you say you're like grandpa in those ways, but surely there are ways other than how your hands look that you're like your mom. Yeah. I I think I like taking care of people. Yeah. I like to make sure everybody's happy. I like to make sure we're all connected. I felt that when my father passed away not very long ago, I felt that I lost my family as well as my father. Mm. Yeah. Because everybody called him. Right, And I got to talk to everybody and I got to keep track of everybody. And when he passed away, I thought I'm going to lose everybody. Yeah. But I determined not to. So I'm keeping track of everybody. There's so many of us. Yes. there. Are so so we're all us. over the place, but you are, are kind of the common thread that sort of holds us all very loosely together. And so I don't know if you recognize that value you provide to this family. Well, I don't know if it's a super value, but. I guess I was the one that was always there with my mom and dad. I mean, I've always been close to them. I've always lived close to them. I've always been close to them, uh, both of them. And so I just kind of felt that was my place. Yeah. And I needed to take care of them. That was, I had to do that. I just. And you did, you did a beautiful job. Just for my podcast audience, Aunt Nancy was the major caregiver for my grandma and my grandpa. And he passed. How long has it been now? He's, he passed May 21st. So not too long ago, just before his 102nd birthday. Eight weeks before his 101st birthday. Oh, 101st birthday. So, and grandma's been gone how long? Six years. It'll be seven years in February. Okay. Now give it's, us the rundown. So we know that grandma and grandpa had eight kids. How many grandkids are there? 20. 
20 grandkids, great grandkids. Yes. 35 great grandkids. And then there are. And then there are two great greats, which you provided. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron's two little ones. Yes. Those are the only two great greats. Okay. The rest of them are all greats. I think yours is the only one that has. That's all I know of, but you know more than I do. (laughs) Yeah, but yes. That's true, but you know what? There's a lot of people in this family. <laughs> there <laughs> are a, a lot, lot of people, people in this family. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to go way back to the house on McDonald Street. Oh, my goodness. That was so much fun. My mom always talks so fondly about that house. So did the three of you, my mom, her, your sister Linda, and then you, did the three of you share a room? Yes, and when we got in a fight, and Linda and I got in a lot of fights. Is that right? Yeah, we got into some hair-pulling fights. <laughs> uh, I think it was probably my fault, but I did never said it was my fault. You know, you were the little sister. It's always your fault. I, I know. Well, yeah. But, yeah, and she would send us all to our own room. But we were all together, so we weren't there getting mad at each other. And she said, you can stay there till you got unhappy with each other again. So Which Grandma would send you all room, to your room and be like, yeah. work it out. Yeah, that's right. Work it out. Which and, I think was a great de- idea. Yeah. Okay, so what's the age difference between you and my mom? Six years. And then you and Linda? Three years. Okay. And Don was five years. Right, yeah, Don kind of sits in there between... He sits in the middle. My yeah. mom and, and, and Linda. So what, so what was my mom like as a, as a young lady? Well, she was... Your mom was always quiet. Yeah. But she always sang, and we always sang together. You know, the three of us girls sang a lot together. And we sang with my mother, too, sometimes. She likes, she talks about that. She talks about always singing with her sisters. Every night when we had to clean the kitchen, we had jobs. And if it was the girls that were all cleaning at the same time, we, well, even if it was the guys, we sang the whole time we cleaned. I love that. So the guys had to clean the kitchen too? Sure. They had things they had to do. My mom always talks about how my dad would come over to the house and he just came to play with her brothers. Yes. <laughs> Well, people would knock on the door and say, can my dad come out and play? And all the boys like to play. I mean, they all played. Grandpa played up until his last breath, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, he was always just a big kid. He had a plaque that said something about, you won't grow old if you have the heart of a child. And he had a heart of a child. He so much did. And he didn't grow old. He was always sharp as a tack. He was. I was always amazed when I talked to him that he would he would know what was going on in my kids' lives. His memory was astounding to me. Oh, my goodness. He would pray literally every night for every person, every great, great by name every night. I think that's so beautiful. I love that so much. It is. They were wonderful people. It's a good family. It's, it's a wonderful family. I'm so thankful for it. There are so many things about this family. I am who I am because of it. Yeah. And me too, because I was the one who had, I wouldn't say problems, but I had marriage problems that other people in my family never had. And I lived with my mother and dad for a while. Yeah. Maybe that's why I always felt like I should take care of them. Because they took took care care of of you in that hard time. Yeah. I could tell my mother anything. I used to go down and sit on top of the dryer when she was using her ringer washer (laughs) and we would just talk. Just mom and I. And I did that a lot with my mother. Uh, And we would just talk about all kinds of things. And if I had any questions, she would be right there. And she never got flustered with anything I said. Mm. Like the first time I swore. (laughs) (laughs) She just took it it in stride. She said, what did you say? (laughs) 
And I told her, and she said, you know what that means? And it was S-H-I-T-L, you know. And I told her I heard her from the neighbor. She sat me down. She said, you know what that is? And so she explained what it really was. And I don't ever want to hear those words out of your mouth. She didn't let you get away with anything. But it was so kind. You never felt like you were No, she loved everybody. Yeah. And she loved you all just for what you are, no matter what you did. She would say, I don't like what you did, but I love you. Yeah. She was so special. I just... (laughs) Yeah. She made you feel like she loved you because it could be easy to get lost in so many people, but she just never did. She made everybody feel special and individually loved. The most kind, generous, loving, non-judgmental person you'd ever meet. Yeah. She was so gentle. And so you have to look to try to be like her more and more and more because I mean, that's what I try to do. I, I just try to think of what she would say, what she would do, what she would want to do. I've talked about this. I haven't done it, but I've often thought I want to have like a wall of people who have gone before me and that I can strive to take the best of them for myself. And the person yeah. in the middle would be grandma. Of course. That's yeah. why I've prayed. Please let me be more like my mother. Please give me more of my mother. (laughs) There are times where sometimes I look at me and I go, oh, my goodness, I look like my grandma. I go, that's pretty good. I'll take it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's right. She was lovely. Even when she was old and had no hair, hardly. She was still lovely. (laughs) Because you looked at those beautiful eyes and you knew that she loved you. Yes, that is so true. Her eyes just really showed the love that she had for everybody. I want to take that. I, I prayed for that so much so far that I would be like my mother. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Oh, well, I say it in my podcast every time I ever mention them, that they were the best people God ever created. And yeah, I, say I always say time. that if, if God had to pick a different Mary, he'd pick my mother. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah, okay. I, she was amazing. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Remember to subscribe, and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username Drive, And be sure to visit our website, at oncarlsondrive.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, thank you for listening to On Carlson Drive.